I had this realization that as we go throughout our life, we only believe we are the person who we are because of experiences we've been through in our life. Welcome to the Dr. Espen podcast, where we explore the latest in quantum science, personal development, consciousness, and spirituality, health, as well as business and money mastery. Join me as I interview experts from all over the world, sharing the most incredible stories of transformation. This is where we provide you with the exact tools and coaching activities you need to expand your consciousness in each of the eight areas of your life. For more info on our events, programs, coaching, etc., go to drspen.com for the full quantum experience. Greetings and welcome to the Dr. Espen podcast. I am Espen and today I'm joined by Stu Massengill. This is going to be a great conversation as to how to get from where you are in your life, where you are in your job or your career to where you actually want to be that next level of fulfillment, that next level of success. Stu and I have chatted before he interviewed me mm. on his podcast and just to do a very quick intro here, this is exciting. Stu has been an international speaker and coach for years. He's one of Tony Robbins' peak performance trainers who's conducted over 2,000 trainings all over the world. He's got a lot of experience in what we're going to dive into today. He's got an unwavering commitment to unlock human potential. His mission, Stu's mission, is to help people work and find out what they're truly passionate about to reach their highest potential and smash out any limitations along the way. Special welcome, Stu. How are you, buddy? I'm doing phenomenal, man. I'm extremely excited and feel blessed to be having this conversation with you. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you for everyone who's hanging out with us today and looking forward to bringing some value and having this conversation. Beautiful. Me too. So let's do this. Straight into, I know a topic that's sensitive, but very important. And a lot of people these days are stuck in a job, a life, a business of something rather that they're not happy in. We see this across the board in statistics. Many people are actually yeah. not happy. We see heart attacks happening Monday morning. You know, I think some, something like 80 plus percent of heart attacks happen Monday morning when they're on the way to a job that they don't like. So for someone that is stuck in a job, in a career that they don't like, what like you have done, how can they yeah. start moving towards doing something that they truly love? What are some of the most important steps to take and things to be aware of? Yeah. So definitely happy to get into some of the logistical things. I'm a big believer of action items and giving people things that you can really like take action on. But I think even before we get into the action, I think one of the things that it sounds so simple, but I think it's really like the core of why people get stuck doing things they don't actually love is having a higher standard for your life basically where you know and someone who's in a job that they don't necessarily love one thing i want to share with that person is it is not necessarily your fault completely that you're there because unfortunately we live in a society where we're not taught you can actually do something you love. You know, for the most part, you talk to people and you go, oh, what do you, what do you do for your work? And they go, I do this. And you go, do you love it? And they go, no, but it's just like a job. But when you really think about it, if you do something for 40 hours a week for let's say 50 years of your life, it takes up a massive chunk of your life. Like you spend more time at your job than you probably will with the person that you spend the rest of your life with or with your family. Mm -hmm. And so we've kind of been, put in society to say, hey, go do something that you don't actually enjoy. And so I think for people, it's realizing that if you're in something you don't love, unfortunately, you were put in a system that didn't really set you up to do something that you love. So if you're listening to this conversation and you're in that place, I think the first thing to understand is you have to begin to shift the belief systems that you have about what work should actually be in your life. Like, I talk to a lot of people and they have this belief of, yeah, it's just a job. You don't really love it. But one thing I always love to share with people that I think could just open up your mind is there's someone else out in this world doing something that if you got to wake up and do it every single day, you would pinch yourself. You'd wake up some mornings and go, how do I actually do this as like a career and what I do for my life and I get paid for it? 
Like there's someone else out there that has that thing. It's just a matter that you haven't grown the awareness to figure out maybe how to get there and the awareness to figure out what exactly that thing is for you. So I think if you can begin to shift your awareness and your belief system around a job is just a job to know it's actually something you should do that you love and it's very possible. I think as simple as it sounds, that's really the first step to making that shift. Because if you accept that, man, a job is just a job and I don't love this and that's just the way that it is, you're never going to do the other things that we can talk about today because you're going to have this belief system that this is just the way that it is. Oh, I love this. One thing we do really well on our podcast is that when amazing speakers are sharing life-changing business upgrading principles like Stu just did for us then, we actually take a note on what was said and we many of our listeners would listen to the interview again, go back and listen to it again and actually write it down and take steps. So summarizing the first step, it's actually, you mentioned standards. I want to come to standards again in the moment, but you mentioned belief systems. The first thing is to realize that there's someone out there that's already doing it and yeah. changing your belief that it's possible. Is that about right? Or would you like to add to it? I think that's hundred percent right. It's like the Henry Ford quote, right? He says, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. If you think you can do something you love and actually get paid for it, you're right. If you think, you know what, it's just not in the cards for me. Unfortunately, you're also right but you're not going to live a life that really like lights you up. Ah, I love it. So the question is not just what you believe, but what does the belief need to be for you to live an extraordinary life? Go ahead and write that belief down. Okay. Mm. And now we've got clear on that. I truly do believe that it's possible for me to shift away from my current situation where I don't have a job, my current situation where I have a job, but I'm not fulfilled, my current business or career that I've, you know, I hit the glass ceiling, I'm not scaling up and it's too difficult, whatever. It is possible for you to get to that next level of success, that next level of fulfillment. That would yeah. be an empowering belief. Okay, now that we've done that, I'm goosebumping, brother. I want to get deep into the standards Let's because go. I've realized this in my life, right? And goosebumping, truth bumping, you know, now we're connected, now we're, yeah. now we're flowing, right? But this standard conversation is so underrated. People are like, what is standard, yeah. standard? No, seriously, let's have a talk about the standards. Because if your standard is it's okay to be in a kind of okay, but quite often crappy relationship, it, it's okay to suffer at work. I mean, it's the majority of the time of my life, you know, probably more than the time yeah. that I sleep. But that's, no, 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 the actual standard. And every time, Stu, for me personally, that I've gone from, you know, the glass ceiling and whatever health or wealth or whatever it is to that next level, it always comes with raising the standards. Standards yeah. is what you're willing to accept and what you're not willing to accept and what you're willing to go for. Please uh, go deeper into standards. Yeah. So one analogy that I think is a powerful analogy that shows like the power of standards is if you ever heard of the, there's like a thermostat analogy. And basically what it is, is if you have a thermostat in a house and it's set to, let's call it, I'm in America, so I'm in a different degrees than you, but let's call it 20, I think 23 degrees Celsius is like pretty nice, right? Yeah. Fair. It's okay. A so let's cold. say <laughs> we live in Australia, man. We're used to 30 plus. <laughs> oh, 30. Oh my God. Okay. So let's call it let's say 28 degrees, right? Yeah. Perfect. And if you're in a house and you got your thermostat at 28 degrees and all of a sudden it gets, you know, really cold, it gets down to 24, 25. What's going to happen is automatically the thermostat's going to kick in. It's going to get you back up to 28 degrees. But at the same turn, if you start to go to, let's say 30 degrees, now all of a sudden the thermostat goes, whoa, 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 it's way too hot. Let's kick in. Let's turn the AC on and let's bring it back to 28 degrees. And so what can happen in our life is sometimes if we have something that we're striving to achieve and we're not quite where we want to be, right? Like, let's take a simple example of someone who says, I really do believe that you should have an incredible relationship in your life. It's possible to be with someone that you love and have that just like love that you see in a movie, right? And you have someone like that. And all of a sudden they get in a relationship that is not that what can begin to happen is this thermostat kicks on and they go, this isn't what this is supposed to be like. So they're going to get out of that relationship so they can get back to that thermostat. And so what I always share with people is when it comes to standards, it's like, like you said, it, it's such a simple thing that I think is so easy to overlook that it's like, what do you mean? I need to have a standard for a higher quality of my life. But the reality is when you begin to change your standards, you begin to change the degrees on your thermostat. 
right? If you all of a sudden say my standard is not going to be 28 degrees in my house, it's going to be 30 or 31 or whatever it is. All of a sudden now everything in your life starts to push towards that new level of your life. And so a few things people can do to sort of change those standards to give people some sort of actionable things you can do. One thing, and I love that you are who you are, Espen, because this is such an easy way for people to plug in. But one of the easiest ways you can start to raise your standard is to surround yourself with a higher quality group of people. Obviously, everything you do with quantum, it's a great way for people to immerse, kind of get to that next level in their life. And all of a sudden, they're going to start to surround themselves with people that have higher standards. So one way you can do it is you can surround yourself with people that play at a higher level. And I would say the second way is a way that is not the way I would recommend, but unfortunately, it's the route the majority of the world takes. And the second way you can raise your standards is something called hitting a threshold of pain, right? Where, you know, some people, they say, oh yeah, I'm at a job and I don't really love it, but that's okay. And then eventually, you know, a few years later, a few months or weeks, whatever it is, you go, man, this, this is really starting to suck. I don't like this, but you know, whatever, it's not too far off. And then eventually, and most people have experienced something like this in their life. Like I would encourage any of our listeners to ask themselves, when's a moment in your life, whether it was your career, your health, your relationship, where finally you hit a threshold of pain. You woke up one day and you said, no more, not anymore. I can't do this, right? Maybe you woke up at your job one day, your boss said something to you that really ticked you off and you go, you know what? I'm not going to do this. And you left the job and you began to raise your standards. So what I share people is instead of waiting for a threshold of pain, start surrounding yourself with better people. And that's going to allow you to start upping your standards. And then once you up your standards, just like the thermostat, everything starts to follow. Ah, beautiful. It's getting hot in here. And just to be clear, not every Australian <laughs> has it at 30 degrees in their houses, but it certainly gets like that outside sometimes. I love the analogy. You know what just came through for me, Stu? You know, I always reflect when I'm interviewing amazing people like yourself. Yeah. How can I apply this in my life? Because it's great for our listeners and viewers, but I want the results and I am an ATM, an action-taking machine. I want to get it done and I want to look at it, right, in my life. So what came through for me now was one, okay, well, let's not wait for the crash and the breakdown and the burnout to say, hey, shit, I've got to change. Let's do it now, you know, while our shoulds don't become a must. Step number one. Step number two, I'm going to take this moment, I re-listen to this podcast myself. I'm going to pause the podcast when you're talking about the standards and I'm going to write down what I'm willing to have in my life and what I'm not willing to have in my life anymore. So I'm going to write out those standards Mm. for my business, for my life, for my health and everything else. And then I'm going to go and hire coaches, successful people that's going to keep me accountable for this. Yeah. And as we segue, I want to ask, you've been working with Tony Robbins for a long time. Tell me, what are some of the biggest things you've learned working directly with Tony himself? Yeah. So I was introduced to Tony's work, Tony Robbins, about 10 years ago. And to give kind of a little bit of like my background and my story, one thing people don't really know about me today is I grew up as like a shy, quiet, introverted kid who was not very social around people, definitely not social around strangers. Public speaking was my biggest fear. And 10 years ago, I went to an experience with Tony Robbins, one you actually, I believe, just went to a few months ago, right? And I had this realization that as we go throughout our life, we only believe we are the person who we are because of experiences we've been through in our life. And as we go through our life, we do three things. We delete, generalize, and distort. So we have some experiences in our life that we just delete those memories. We forget about them. We have others that happen and these experiences, we kind of distort a little bit. And then we have others that we sort of like cling on to. And based on the experiences that we remember most in our life and hold on to, it ultimately shapes us into the person that we are. And so as I had gone through my life kind of growing up, I had different experiences that made me believe that I was this shy, quiet, introverted kid. And because I believe that's who I was, that was the identity I sort of attached to myself. Everything in my life followed that identity, right? If there was an opportunity to do something in my career, I would sort of back back down because my identity was I'm not a leader, I'm a shy, quiet kid. And when I went to this experience 10 years ago, for the first time in my life, I began to realize that just because you are the person you are today doesn't mean that tomorrow has to look the same. Like that you actually can literally recreate your entire life if you choose to, right? It's going to take work, time, and energy. 
And so when I went to that experience, I began to recreate essentially my belief systems about who I was, which ultimately was shaping my identity of who I believed I was. And fast forward over the last 10 years, that's what's led to a lot of the things I do today where it's speaking with Tony Robbins, speaking all over the world. And I share this kind of long-winded story because all of that really brings it back to what I've learned most from Tony Robbins. And I would say the number one thing I've taken away from working with Tony for about four years directly now is that your belief systems shape everything that you do in your life. Like a lot of the times, perfect example, if we go back to our career, we go, oh, why don't we actually go for the job that we want or the career we want? And we go surface level, right? I don't really know how to do it. Right. And that's our excuse. That's our belief system is I don't really know how to do it. But if you really spent some time digging into that, and I've done this with numerous people that I've worked with, if we dug into that, we might actually realize that someone never tried to find the resources on how to get there or they never spent the time on how to do it. And the reason sometimes we have these surface level things is because sometimes underneath there can be a fear. There can be a fear of, well, I didn't actually find out if I could go get this job, because if I did and I tried and I failed, then I'm a failure. So it's a lot easier to say, I don't know how to do it, than try and fail. So a lot of the time we have these surface level beliefs that don't really get us the results we want. But if you look a few layers deep, there's a deeper sense of belief systems that really operate everything that we do in our life. And if you want to move the needle in your life, if you want to really get forward to the next level. What I always encourage people is look at the deep rooted beliefs that you have in your life about who you are and start to question some of those. Mm -hmm. And if you start to question some of those beliefs about who you are, and there's plenty of ways that you can question them and actually prove that some of the beliefs you have are wrong, that's when you're going to start to really move things in your life. And that's what I've learned from Tony is we have beliefs. These beliefs shape our life. And if we start to question those beliefs and really get curious about them, that's the fastest way to start to move things in our life. Oh, mic drop. Okay, so a process could be sit down, no interruptions, write out what you believe and what you believe about your life, what you believe about your health, what you believe about how long you're going to live, what you believe about sickness that runs in the family that you think may happen to you, even though there's only 5% chance that'll happen unless you believe it. And yeah. write down these beliefs and understand that what you believe you will achieve because you're emanating that vibration and calling that back to you as we know. So this is very powerful. Once you identify those beliefs, what if we could then write down what the belief needs to be? Because, and I'd like to ask you, Stu, what do you think about changing beliefs, about the process of firstly identifying, hang on, this is in fact a limiting belief. I'm believing this about my relationships. I'm believing this about my health. I'm believing this limiting belief, this is in me, perhaps unconscious, about my career. How do we go from one, okay, we've identified the belief and, and ladies and gentlemen, taking the time to write them out. Don't just think about this. Actually do a process of what are my core beliefs? All right. Once you've identified them, yeah. what would you say about changing them to a belief that's going to help you know people live an incredible life to change our beliefs deliberately? What are your thoughts? Yeah. So I would say once people identify the beliefs that are holding them back, and a really good question to people can dive into is if you have an area that you want to get to the next level in your life, start to sort of ask yourself, what's holding you back from getting to that next level? And if you simply ask yourself, what's holding me back from getting to a level 10 in this area of my life? A lot of the time your belief systems will come out and I would encourage dig a few layers deep, right? Like when you see it, ask yourself, is that really the one or is there something under that? Do that uh -huh. two or three times and you're going to have the belief that's really holding you back, right? You at first may go, I don't have the time. You go, is that really it? Or is there something else? You go, well, maybe I'm afraid to fail, right? And then you dig a few more and you're going to get the core. Once you get the belief that's really holding you back. That's one of the most important parts. The next part, you kind of alluded to it, is you want to start to ask yourself, what's the belief that you need to achieve the level of success that you want? Like a really interesting thing is, for example, if you know a result that you want to achieve in your life, what I would encourage people to do is ask yourself, who is someone that is living that type of a life? And once you know who that person is, then begin to ask yourself, and you can do this one of two ways. If you know the person, reach out to them. If you don't know them, you have to get a little bit creative with this. 
But ultimately, what you're going to start to do is ask yourself, what are the beliefs that this person would have to have in order to create this type of a life, right? Like one of the things, you know, Tony Robbins, right? If I look at him when I'm ever stuck in my life, oftentimes I'll go, what would Tony do in this situation? What are the beliefs Tony Robbins would take on if he got stuck in this place or if fear showed up? How would Tony approach this fear in his life? And then once I begin to realize what those beliefs are that Tony would have or that this person who has the result you want would have, then really where it comes to start to shape your destiny is when you have those moments where let's say you're going throughout your day, you have to begin to have more awareness around everything that's going on in your life. And at some points, because you've started to ask yourself, what are my limiting beliefs right, that are showing up? When they start to show up and you go, I'm going to take this action. And okay, I see that fear of you know, rejection showing up or that fear of failure showing up. In that moment, you have to make a decision. And Tony says this all the time, in the moments of decision, in your moments of decision, your destiny is shaped. In that moment, you have to fight the urge to go back to your old beliefs. And you have to, and it's going to be uncomfortable, say again, what is the belief that Tony Robbins would have here? Or that the person who has the life I would have here and then you have to take action from that belief. Mm. And if you start to do that, it's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel weird. It's going to feel different. But eventually, as you do it often enough, it's going to become your new normal. Spot on. And this is actually pushing ourselves down outside of the comfort zone to do something that we yeah. need to do in order to get to that next level. I love it. I think what really resonated with me here first was when we write down, and hopefully we'll take the time to do this, write down our beliefs, and we are looking at those beliefs, they often, and I agree with you, Stu, are not really the core beliefs. They're the surface yeah. level kind of things. So really ask the question, is this really what I believe? And go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Keep asking the same question over and over again until you get to the core of it and go, aha, that's where the fears, that's where the discomfort, that's where the avoidance, that's where the, you know, excuses, whatever is coming yeah. from. Okay. Now, what does the belief need to be? So, so go deep first before we start to change it. So you don't change it yeah. without getting to the core issue or the core limiting belief. And then you mentioned something, you know, modeling the masters as in looking at someone else that's already overcome it and knowing that they've done it. And we can model that in terms of, what the belief or action needs to be. I think this is really powerful. And obviously you're a coach as well. And we do a lot of coaching and education and so on and so forth. Why is it so important to have a coach, to have an accountability partner in, in life in general? I mean, we can think of a couple, but let's get real. Those who get results, they've got coaches and mentors. Yeah. It is not a maybe should I. No, no. If you're after peak performance in your health, you need a personal trainer, a naturopath, a nutritionist, an accountability partner. If you're after peak performance in business, you need a freaking mentor. You need a coach. And I don't mean, yeah, yeah. or had a coach for six weeks of the year. I mean, all the time. That's my two cents worth. That's why I've paid, you know, so much money in coaches because every dollar returns yeah. 10x and then some. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think two major things. I think one one of the aspects of coaching that is just, I think so true is when you pay, you pay attention, right? It's like, if I go, I'm going to go on a diet and I'm going to lose 30 pounds. I'm going to get in shape. It's January. I'm finally going to do this. Eventually for most people, a week, a month, two months, eventually they fall back into their old habits and patterns. But if you pay someone, let's call it 2000 Australian dollars, just for a simple number, and then you go, oh, I'm going to slack off on my diet. Or I'm not going to go to the gym. I really, really believe there's something in our brains that go, I paid $2,000 for this person to tell me to go to the gym. I'm going to do it because I paid someone to do this, right? So I think there really is one aspect of when you pay. And I often tell people like, pay something that makes you a little bit uncomfortable, right? If like $200 isn't uncomfortable for you, then it's not really going to have the same effect. If you pay something that's a little bit uncomfortable, you're going to do these things because now you're like, I paid this money that really means something to me. So I think that's one aspect of it. I think another one is sometimes, excuse my French, you just need someone to hold your ass to the fire, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you need someone who is going to be a champion. Like one of the biggest blessings I ever had in my life was when I was 19 years old, I had a mentor, his name was Jed, and he believed in me more than I believed in me. 
And I think one of the biggest gifts you can ever give yourself is having a coach, ideally your coach believes in you or surrounding yourself with someone that believes in you more than you, right? So if you have a dream for a business or if you have a vision for something you want to do for your health or your relationship, there's such a powerful force and having someone there going, I believe you can do this. Like having someone believe it before you believe in it. Like my mentor would often say, he'd say, if you don't believe it, believe in me, believing in you. And I really like, that was something that changed my life in a big way. So I think another part of a coach is one, having someone that believes in you and two, having someone that is going to hold you accountable, right? Where if you say, hey, I'm going to go do X, Y, and Z today, and you come back to the call not doing it, they're going to hold your ass to the fire, right? And if you have a call with them, let's say every two weeks, when that next call comes around, there's going to be something in the back of your brain that goes, crap, I have this call with my coach on Tuesday. I need to get this done by Tuesday. So I think there's so many powerful aspects of having a coach. And I would say for someone, if you really are stuck, an unbelievable step you can take to, I don't want to say guarantee you to get unstuck, but a really powerful way to get unstuck is hiring a coach because now you have a second set of eyes on your problems or a second set of eyes on your life. And that alone, right? Having someone that genuinely, genuinely, truly cares about helping you fix this problem is such a powerful thing. So I've had many coaches in my life. I paid a lot for coaches in my life. I think it's something that it's like a cheat code to get into the next level in your life. Oh, love it. What are some of the things that people need to look out for when getting a coach? You've mentioned a couple, they have to believe in you. A couple other things. How do we know that we find the right kind of coaches? Yeah, I think one aspect, and this maybe sounds simple, but I think it's so true, is someone who's genuine and authentic. You know, sometimes you have a coach out there who could say, hey, I'm doing this to collect some cash or to make some money. I'm really a big believer that you have to have someone that's genuine and authentic. I would say a second thing is anytime I've gone to find a coach, I do a lot of vetting and searching. So rather than saying, I'm going to go find one person and that's the first coach I spoke to and I'm going to go work with them, I would encourage you interview two or three coaches, like get on a call with them, get to know them, learn about them. Do you gel? Do you mesh with them? I've had some coaches that I've hired in my life that I was like, I just don't really love or like enjoy having conversations with this person. So I don't want to be coached by them. So you have to gel with them. I would interview a few. And then I would say one of the most important things is make sure there's someone you know has a track record of yeah. getting people results, yeah. right? So work with someone that's not, oh, talk is cheap. People can talk a big game, but have they worked with people? Have they gotten results? And if there's someone that's taken someone to get the results, then that's a good sign of working with them. And I would say, if you really want to find a coach that's going to work for you, know the result you want before you go into coaching, and then make sure the coach you're going to hire has helped someone achieve the result you want multiple times, because then they know how to do it. They've done it not just once, they've done it multiple times. And so if you come on and hire them as a coach, they can help you do it just like they help the other people do it. Oh, spot on. So it's about the authenticity and the congruency level here. I, I'm really feeling this. Okay, so let's say that we've defined what we want. We are now able to go out and find a coach. I mean, what's the mistake or the problem in actually going out and interviewing someone? What's the loss? Nothing. So you interview three coaches. You shouldn't pay anything to have a conversation with them originally. Right. And if it is a session, you know, they might want to jump on a five, 10 minute call, but you know, if they're high level, you might have to pay for, you know, an hour of their time, of course, but yeah. you know, five, 10 minute call shouldn't be that difficult. So then once you've interviewed three, four people or however many you need, I mean, you've learned a lot. You've got great coaching already from being with them. You've tuned your intuition into them to see if you're an energetic match and then you mm -hmm. go and choose. But I think at this point, you know, out of say three, four people, you should be able to find someone. If they're not right for you, then you keep looking and you keep interviewing yeah. and make sure that it's not actually an avoidance. It's not actually a person, a coach that really fits for you, but you don't get started because you're avoiding getting started. Okay. So I think this is a really good point. And then we start to work with our coach. And what are some of the tools that not just coaching tools, but tracking tools? How do you, when you start working with someone, how do you ensure that one, you know where they are in the beginning and two, the results that they're getting with you as they go through the process? What are some of the things that you're doing to be able to measure, track and show performance and improvement over time? Yeah. So one of the big things we do is immediately when we start coaching, we take an audit right? So you want to get clear on like, where are you right now? What does your life look like? And then once you have an idea and audit of where you are, 
then really it's getting the vision of where do you want to be, right? If you could wave a mat, like a question I always like to ask people is if you could wave a magic wand and your life was a certain way in three months, six months, 12 months, regardless of how long you're working with someone, what would your life look like in three, six or 12 months? And you want it to be something that is not like, oh, I want a billion dollars in, in 30 days, right? Something that is going to stretch you, but something that's not so you know, fairy sort of like something that's going to push you so that you know that the coaching really did do something. And then it's a matter of usually what we do is every 30 days, we kind of do an audit and we say, all right, this is where we're going. Where are we now compared to where we were 30 days ago? And then where are we knowing that we have five months left to get to our goal? And so I think that's really a big part of it is audit on where you are, where you want to go, and then constantly doing a checkup to make sure that you're actually on track. Oh, great. And of course, this should be then guided by your coach. And if you're thinking of becoming a coach, these are really important things as well, such as when the client or before the client actually starts with you, you do a full audit. So you know exactly where they're at, how they're scoring their quality of life, what's going on. If you're doing health tests, maybe you'll be doing, if you're a personal trainer, you'll do all the metrics in the beginning. Right. You really get a scale on what's happening and where the client's at. And then you mentioned you check every 30 days. And are you tracking progress? And you're allowing the student or the client to then go through the awareness of how far they've come. Is that how it works for you guys? Yeah, that's one of the big things that we're doing as well. As it's you know, you want to monitor and see, are you on track to where you want to be? It's like, you know, one really simple example is if you look at New Year's goals, right? A lot of people, January 1st, they set a goal and then they don't actually check up on that goal until the next January 1st. And <laughs> so one of the things we always talk about a lot of the time is you can't manage what you can't measure. So if you're measuring something once a year, like your health, it's going to be much harder to manage it. If you measure it once every 30 days, it's going to be a little easier to manage. If you manage it once every, or you measure it once every seven days, again, it's going to be a little bit easier because every time you measure something, you'll be able to look at your sort of compass and say, are we on track? Are we off track? How do we need to pivot? How do we need to adjust to make sure that we ultimately get to our destination? Great point. And I think that could be a really good thing to ask when you're interviewing your coach. Hey, how are you tracking results? How do we know that we're getting to where we're going? Love it. Love it. Love yeah. it. Okay, what do you think is happening in the world now, Stu? Just to pivot a little bit. I mean, we're seeing yeah. coaching as one of the fastest growing industries in the world. Less and less people are going to university. People are paying top dollar to get coaches because, well, as you said, you see a person, you go, whoa, they have achieved it. I tell, I can tell that they're integral and they've achieved it. They're actually living this. Yeah. Okay, if I hire that person, if I get to work with that person, I know I'm going to get results compared to going to do something else like university or whatever. Why is coaching so rapidly expanding in the world? Why are so many people using it? And what do you think is really happening on, on a bigger scale? Yeah, I think one of the main reasons that it's happening is, I mean, I went to university. I think there were some great things that I got out of university. But I think a lot of the time when you look at that sort of system, and again, I'm speaking from the US, so it may be different in Australia, but a lot of the times you're taught theories, ideas, but you're not actually taught how do you take those ideas and turn them into something in your physical world, right? How do you actually turn it into a result? A lot of time it's here's this business theory rather than let's go actually start a business. And so I think one of the big reasons that you look at the coaching industry expanding is because one, there are so many coaches that are extraordinarily specific to so many different things, right? If you, like mm. I have a good buddy, he's a coach for uh, people that are going through and have OCD. And if you're someone who has OCD and you're kind of struggling with it, he is literally the perfect catered person to help you get through your journey to create the life that you want. If you have someone that you know is looking to lose 100 pounds, there's someone else out there that's a coach that has lost 100 pounds that knows exactly how to help you get to the result. And so I think one of the reasons it's expanding is one, there is almost an unlimited amount of things people can coach people in, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's one big reason. And then the second thing is I think a lot of people see that they're getting results through coaching. And when you get results, it's such a different way that you talk about it, you share it. And then it's a matter of you look at word of mouth marketing, one of the fastest ways that anything spreads, people talk about things that they like. And if people work with a coach and they get good results, they're going to talk more about coaching. And I think what we're really starting to see is just a lot of those results and a lot of people talking about it. 
Yes, brilliant. And, you know, looking at this now, it's an, an interesting concept because then if I can look at my life and what I want, if I can find someone out there that has done it successfully, if I'm able to get in front of that person and, you know, either one, convince them to work with me or actually just, you know, find out if we're a good fit, now we're starting to get results. And I know for a lot of people out there, they're interested in becoming a coach. A lot of people are actually really excited about, holy smokes, what if I could yeah. be a coach? And I know what you just talked about is such an important topic because people think, and I'll paraphrase something like, well, I don't know if I'd be a good coach. Would I be a life coach? Would I be a business coach? Would I be a corporate consultant? And I think you just hit the nail on the head when you just said this before. There are so many ways a person can yeah. coach in, you know, like I've got I remember when we were going through many years ago, before we, I had my son, right? There was this yeah. coaching in terms of a breathing for pregnancy, coaching in terms of nutrition before pregnancy, coaching in terms of how to deliver a natural birth. Yeah. And then the little one arrived and now it's coaching in parenting. And I was like, of course, I'm going to have a coach in my life when it comes to parenting because I know that there's yeah. so much I don't know. And then yeah. there is this other aspect of, you know, all of the eight areas of life that I teach anyway. What are your thoughts on a person thinking, hang on, can I become a coach? And them actually becoming certified in whatever methodology, but to work in the way that they like, in their uniqueness with what's designed for them. What have you found in, in your coaching career? Yeah, I think a great I think amazing question someone can ask themselves if they're looking into coaching is asking the question, who would you get excited about? Who would you get excited about waking up and serving every single day? Because the reality is the coaching, one of the most beautiful parts of it is you're going to work with certain people every single day. And that's going to become your life is helping people achieve a certain result. And so I think a beautiful question is ask yourself, like, who's the person that you would wake up? and be so freaking excited to help achieve some type of result. And for mm -hmm. some people, it's going to, a lot of the time, it's going to be something that you probably went through in your life, right? So for me, example, I was someone that at one point was very, very lost in my life, didn't know what I wanted to do. And then I realized how to actually do something that I loved with my life. And so one of the people that I love serving and working with are those people that were in that same place of not really know what they want to do with their life, stuck, and then helping them get to a place where all of a sudden they're waking up one day going, holy crap, I can't believe this is my life. So I think two ways to, to really get clear on who you want to serve is one, what's something you went through in your own life? Because now you have the result, you have the credibility, hopefully you're authentic and you're genuine. And then two, another great question is who's someone you would be excited to serve every single day? Because if you can figure out who that person is, now all of a sudden you get to wake up every single day and do one of your favorite things because you started with that. You didn't start with, oh, what's the coaching industry that makes the most money? I would say probably don't take that route because then you may be coaching people and be miserable. So, Yeah. And be a small fish in a big pond when someone else actually has that level or that type of coaching as their highest value and they're just yeah. nailing it. And then you come yeah. along projecting that it's a value, thinking that you want to be a coach in that way, but it's not actually a true intrinsic value. And then you actually don't have the inspiration to make it happen. So how cool is that? I mean, it's a silly story, but I remember Oprah Winfrey told a story once about this lady who was a so-called extraction specialist. And it was a really interesting story where this lady was a professional pimple popper. So you'd have a pimple, you'd go to a, like a beauty clinic, and her job was to pop that pimple. And I know it might sound disgusting to some and interesting to others, and who knows. But the point was Oprah did a story on her because of her level of passion, her level of passion mm. to pop a pimple. It's very interesting. And as I said, no matter what you believe, imagine this. She's now booked out. I'm talking months and months and months in advance. And how could you even book out something in months and months in advance when you didn't even know if you'll have a pimple at the time? Yeah. But she obviously does other things. But the point is, if she, this person, can be a professional extraction specialist, be known worldwide, and have a waiting list of people coming to have their pimples popped and whatever else, then what is stopping you from being successful in your life of one, having a coach and finding the right coach for you because they're out yeah. there. If you keep looking, they're there. And two, maybe even becoming coach, thinking that, hang on, I can't coach people in chess. Who wants to learn chess? Are you kidding? You could yeah. make 
a fortune doing what you love. That's the way I'm looking at it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I 100% agree. I think passion's infectious. It's like there's a saying, it says, the person who lit themselves on fire, people came from miles and miles to watch. And it's obviously a a figurative, not a, a real analogy, but the idea is when someone's passionate, they're excited about something they do, just like this lady popping pimples. It's like all of a sudden people go, man, this lady is so freaking fired up about helping people with pimples and people talk about things that they like, right? So I think if you follow what you're passionate about, it's going to be something that's going to, one, help you enjoy your life a lot more. And then two, it's going to start to catch fire because you're passionate about it. I love that. And isn't that so cool? Because then, as you mentioned, going through an experience of life and, you know, often in our model and I'm sure in yours and many others, we'd be looking at the hero's journey, right? And the person yeah. going into the pit and having that painful experience of, you know, losing a relationship or a loved one, uh, losing their business, losing money, going through pain, something rather. And in that pit, as I say, is where the purpose is revealed. And so then mm-hmm. when you go through that challenge and you heal and overcome, as you mentioned, Stu, now you've got the authenticity authenticity, the track record to teach it to others, because you've been there, you've overcome it. So now you go from being a student to a teacher, and so on and so forth. What are your thoughts on that in terms of looking at the challenges that the person has overcome, and kind of feeling into if that is part of what you're passionate about to serve with in that way? Yeah, so I think one of the things to hopefully this answers your question But I think an interesting way that people can start to figure out, right, because it's a whole process of you go, I think I might want to coach on this. I think I might want to coach on that. I think a really good way to put your feelers out there like, is going back to the quote of clarity comes through action, not thinking. Again, clarity comes through action, not thinking. And so you could think all day about, do I want to coach someone on this? Do I want to coach someone on that? I think it could be fun to do this. But where real clarity is going to come is when you say, I think I want to coach someone on this, so let me do it. And when you do it, to at least get the feelers to get started. I always tell people, do it for free at first, right? If you say, hey, I want to coach someone to go from place A to B, and you all of a sudden start putting out on your social media, or you start talking to friends and say, hey, I'm going to start coaching people on this. Do you know anybody that has this problem? And you're very specific about, this is the person that I'm serving. This is the problem they have. This is the promised land where I'm taking them. Eventually, if you talk enough about it, and yes, you may have to fight the fear of judgment because it may pop up or imposter syndrome where you go, I can't tell people I'm coaching people on this. Yes, it's okay. You can tell people you're coaching on that. And then what you do is eventually once you start to get a few clients, you want to start to, again, bring awareness to this and see, okay, when I start working with these people, am I excited to get on this call? Am I excited to help them get to this promised land? Or am I kind of dreading this? Or am I feeling like I don't quite have the experience to help them get to where they actually want to go? And I think as you start to coach people, you're going to find out more and more what it is that you want to coach with. And a lot of the times what I think happens is you end up realizing that sometimes people try to solve 10 million problems. And what you actually do is realize, oh, I don't need to help people solve all the problems in their world. Maybe I just need to help people figure out one little problem. And if I can help them solve this one little problem, that's going to be my niche, right? It's not, I need to help them get from A to Z. Maybe it's just, you need to help them get from A to B. So I think the way to figure out sort of the answer to that and what you want to do and what you're passionate about is try it out. And you may coach people on one thing, you realize you don't love it. So go start coaching someone on something else. And as you do that, you're going to start to get clear on clear on what really jazzes you and lights you up. Love it, bro. Oh, this is so good. And again, it comes back to not sitting on the fence thinking maybe I should and writing some notes. That's a great place to start, but nothing will move unless you do. So it's the action. Okay, who has got this problem? I want to coach them. I want to serve them. Um, Just before I you know, segment over to the last question. What are your thoughts on certifications and trainings? And there's so many coaches out there. How do we know that we find the real, obviously we talked about authenticity. They must have lived it and experienced it. They must have mastered it. What are some of the ways that you found that people are are looking for when when they're looking for a good coach? Certification levels, accreditation levels. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think results is one of the biggest things you want to look for. So I would say has someone taken someone to the results and the promised land that you want and have they done it multiple times? I would say that's number one thing you want to look for. After that, I would say looking at certifications is honestly a really good thing to look into. And I would say if you want to become a coach, getting more certifications and learning, really all you're doing 
certification is a different word for having more tools in your tool bag, right? You may have someone that is certified in three different things. All that really means is they have different tools on how they can help somebody. So I always share with people, it's like, yes, being certified is a great thing, but if there's someone who doesn't have any certifications and they've continuously helped someone get to the place you want to be, if they're getting the results, like that's the number one thing you want to look at. And if you're going into coaching yourself, I would say, absolutely. Find a way to get certified, find a way to learn more tools because that's really what you're learning through that process. And the more tools you have, the more you're going to be able to help someone as you're doing some of your own coaching. I love it, brother. Uh, just quickly, I know you've spent, you know, you've done over 2000 sessions now. You've had over, you know, been doing over 400 podcast episodes. It's a big question. But what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned from interviewing incredible guests all over the world and working with thousands and thousands of people? Biggest lessons. Yeah, I think so. Our podcast is called Finding Direction. And the reason that I say that is because a lot of what we do on the shows, right, the goal is to help people find direction in their life, do something they truly are excited about that jazzes them up in life. And I think one thing that I've learned working with all these people going through, you know, the 2000 different workshops I've done, the 400 episodes that we've done is the best way to really like find the direction that you want in your life to do something that lights you up every day is it stop listening to everything else that everybody's telling you. Stop listening to my mom said this, this podcast said this, this coach said that it's learning to get quiet and listen to the internal guiding system that you have. Like we all have this internal system in us that if you really build a relationship with it, and it's not something like you may say, okay, I'm going to go spend, you know, 10 minutes today outside with no phone, no music. And I'm going to go to a place where I feel connected to energy, to source, to the universe, God, whatever you want to call it. And the first 10 minutes you do this, you may not feel super connected. But what I've noticed is from the, all the people we've had on the show, the people that are consistently connected to source, to energy, to God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, and they use that as their guiding system, those are the people that live a life that they're just beyond excited about. And it's because they're not doing what everybody else says they should do. They're actually getting to know themselves. And so what I would just encourage is for anyone that's listening to this, if you want to do something that lights you up, if you want to get to that next level, commit to, I mean, this is going to be a stretch and not many people will probably do this because not many people are ATMs like yourself. Ask what action taking mass. What was it? What is it? ATM? ATMs, action taking machines. It's a good one. Eh? Action taking. I love that. I'm going to take that one. Use it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Most people aren't action taking machines though. But I would say if you're someone who's listening to the show and you're saying, I'm an action taking machine, really what my challenge to you would be is over the next 30 days, spend three or four days a week where you're going to go to some place for 10 minutes and get connected to energy, get connected to source. And just listen. And if you do that for 30 days, you're going to start to get some insights, maybe bring a notebook with you so you can journal some things, but you're going to start to get some insights that are really going to take you to your promised land. Because at the end of the day, your internal guiding system, that's the only guiding system that really knows where you are supposed to go in your life that's going to light you up. So I would say from all the people I've talked to, that's the one thing I've undoubtedly seen over and over is the people that are connected to source and energy and constantly and consistently connected to it. Those are the people that live the most beautiful lives. Just a power pause there for a moment, ladies and gentlemen, let that sink in. I love how we can talk on all kinds of amazing topics, powerful tools, breakthrough transformational stories, and then end it on that note, that connection to source, that groundedness, that stillness of mind. My last 10-day Vipassana silent meditation, I had, I downloaded it, I don't know, a complete business, everything. It was just coming through faster than ever. I'm like, I'm so grateful that I'm actually silent because I received more information in 10 days than I would have done in a whole year. So please listen to that. And if I can put my two cents worth to this, you know the answers, you know what's true for you, what kind of coach to work with is right. If you're going to be a coach, you know that value, you know what you can give about your life, about your business. You really do know. And sometimes I think people seek that external validation yeah. and they borrow, you know, values and blueprints, but 
the real value is inside of you. The real blueprint is you. And I think this is the perfect way to wrap it up, brother. I've got one last question for you straight off the cuff. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, here, here we go. So there's everyone in the world is gathered right now and they're here to hear your message to the world. They're tuning in, they're excited and they're really present. So when you're ready, take a breath and whenever you feel like it, start sharing. What's your message? to the world right now, Stu? Yeah, I would say my message is don't settle for a life that doesn't light you up every single day. And as simple as it is, the way to really get there, similar to what we just talked about, is getting to know yourself and really becoming a student of yourself. People spend, you know, days, weeks, years, decades studying different subjects but some people don't spend a fraction of that time studying the most important subject in their life, which is themselves. And so I would say if there's one thing that you can leave this podcast with, it's get a master's in yourself, right? Get your bachelor degree in you, get your uh, doctorate in yourself and knowing yourself. And if you are willing to do that and spend the time to do that, you can live one of the most incredible lives and you can have people walking around you going, man, how do you How do you live a life like that? And it's because you got a master's in the most important thing in your life, which was yourself. Oh, beautiful, brother. Oh, my heart is lighting up. Okay, tell viewers, listeners, the people that are with us right now, where do they go to learn more information about you to see some of your work, to get some of your content? Yeah, best place would just be honestly probably social media. Instagram is where I spend most of my time. And on there, it's just my name. So Stu Massengill, it's S-T-U-M-A-S-S-E-N-G-I-L-L. And people can you know hang out with me there. And if you have any questions or if there's anything I can do to support you, please feel free to send me a DM, send me a message uh, on our website, which is just my name. You can find my email. So if there's anything I can do to support you, truly, please feel free to reach out and would love to help in any way that I can. Oh, dude, it is so great to see you again, man. I love your energy. You Thank too. you so much for taking the time to be with our community. Really appreciate you, Stu. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. And thank you for everyone hanging out for us today. Stu Massengill, everybody. See you next time. Once again, thank you so much for listening. And if you want to learn more about how to walk the quantum path into life mastery, business mastery, uh, if you want to learn more about our live events or coaching or anything that we offer, go to www.drespen.com. That's D-R-E-S-P-E-N.com or email info at drespen.com. And let's find out how we can help you take your life, your business and your mission to a whole nother level. We'll see you next time.